quite unusual. So, um, what are you drinking today? Mm, I actually just took a sip of it. Um, I am drinking a bubbly rosé wine in a can. Ooh, I love the little can things. Yeah, it's very delicious. It was super cheap, too. Um, It was like $5 for four of them, four little cans. It's very, very refreshing. What about you? What What are you drinking today? I am also drinking rosé. You are? Yeah, it just it's like a summer thing for me. I don't know. It just I know. feels like nice and sunny out and I just I don't know. I love rosé in the summer. I have to point out that this is the second time in a row that we're both drinking the same thing. <gasps> Crazy, right? Oh my god, it's like we're together. Oh. I know. It's like we made, yeah. We're drinking together. That's so nice. Oh, um and anyways, hello, hi, and welcome <laughs> to <laughs> Welcome to the Quite Unusual Podcast. We are your hosts, Nicole and Noelle. That's me. Happy Sunday, Nicole. Yeah, happy Sunday to you too. How are you? I'm good, actually. And a uh, long time no see. We just actually <laughs> saw each other. Um, no contact, though. It was a no contact. I don't even know what you would call it. Like plant and gift exchange? Uh- yeah, we did like a... Um- Nicole and I pulled up to a parking lot, <laughs> um, rolled the windows out. We're like, do you got the goods? Do you got the goods? <laughs> Dropped our stuff, backed away slowly, and then yeah. retrieved the stuff. We traded plants and Tra- sourdough yeah. starters. Sour- and- yeah, oh yeah, which I'm going to attempt to make. Don't know how that's going to go, but I'll have you on on call to help me. You're going to love it. Mm-hmm. How fun was our uh, quick and unusual that we did earlier this week? Oh my god, I loved it. It felt so, it felt so easy, you know what I mean? Like a conversation, like we were just like hanging out. I know. And especially because we didn't have to do any research ourselves. So <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Thanks. I can get away with not working. I will. <laughs> right. We should do more of those. Don't you think? I think they're really fun. And if we get more listener mail, so write in because we need your stories so we can do less work. <laughs> Please do the work for us um, so we can present it to you and you're welcome. We should get a couple of them. And I was thinking... Um, we were kind of talking about this before, but we mm-hmm. should do like a double date thing where we like, kind of talk about spooky stuff with our partners. Oh, that that's awesome because Austin wants he wants actually wants to be on the podcast. He keeps on asking me, so he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be so I fun. I don't know if John wants to be on it, but he's got a lot of very spooky stories. Oh, then he has to come on. What are you talking about? Come on, John. He's legally obligated to join in. Yes. I think it's fun. Um, So this week is part two of the Triangle series. Are you excited to talk about the devil's shape? Is that what they call it? The devil's shape? Sort of. Um, I was kind of looking into triangles a little bit. There's not a ton out there like I thought there was. Like Mm -hmm. The Greeks thought it was like a doorway. And then, you know, the all-seeing eye is set in a triangle. So Mm -hmm. that's weird. Um, But they call the... Bermuda Triangle, the Devil's Triangle. Oh, creepy. Interesting. And if you guys remember, our last episode was the Bridgewater Triangle, and that was a real mixed bag of horrors, if you will. That one was wild, dude. The murders and the cults and... It had it all, man. It had it all. Well, let's jump into this one. Um, All right. What do you you know about the Bermuda Triangle already? 
Do you know anything? Uh, okay, so I was very terrified of the Bermuda Triangle when I was a kid. I think I might have seen like a movie on TV about it, but it scared the crap out of me. I just remember like as a little child being like, I'm never going to Florida because isn't it off of like the coast of Florida? Yeah. So um, it doesn't have like an exact sort of like lines to mm-hmm. it, but the three main points are Miami, Bermuda, and then Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what, when I was a child, I told myself I was never going to Florida because I didn't want to be caught up in the Bermuda Triangle. That's basically all I know. And I know there have been a lot of aircraft missing aircrafts and whatnot, but I don't know much. So I'm excited to learn today. <laughs> so the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle or Hurricane Alley, is a region in the western part of the North Atlantic Ocean. So, again, it's right around Bermuda, Puerto Rico, Miami. So they call it Hurricane Alley, too. So I'm assuming they get a lot of of hurricanes. Tons of hurricanes in that area, which we'll get into later on. So it's it's not necessarily a triangle. They use those three points to kind of define a little bit where it is. But it's more of like a large oval. Um, It ranges from like an estimated 500,000 to... 1,500,000 square miles. Well, yeah. Bermuda Oval doesn't sound as good as Bermuda Triangle. No, it doesn't really have the ring to it, does it? No. Yeah. So the the lines of it kind of, they kind of blur, ebbs and flows, depending on like, you know, where the incidents actually happen and stuff. Some people Mm -hmm. say that it even goes up to like Ireland. Whoa. I've never heard that. Yeah. I think they use it as sort of a way to explain a lot of like misfortune just in sort of in the ocean in that area in the North Atlantic. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm going to open this. Leave that in. Don't edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) You want everyone to hear me pouring my... Mine doesn't sound cool, so yours sounds amazing. (laughs) Okay. We'll leave that part in. (laughs) Okay. So, of course, the Bermuda Triangle is famous for the dozens and dozens of ships and airplanes that have disappeared. Um, there's a lot of lore just around it in general. Unexplained circumstances surrounding some of these incidences include, like, strange disappearances, weird storms coming out of nowhere. But others seem to vanish, like, other planes and ships seem to vanish in good weather without, like, even sending radio distress messages. Um, The reasons of these disappearances range from extraterrestrial, paranormal, sometimes just simple human error, and we will get to all of those later. But I want to talk about some of these really notable mysteries and disappearances. Ooh, okay, let's do it. Okay, so the first one is called the Ellen Austin. Okay. It's the first recorded mystery within the boundaries of the Bermuda Triangle. It occurred in 1881. That's, I feel like that's way back when. Yeah, but it's it's recorded, and they use the term Bermuda Triangle in this. Um, so it was a huge vessel, like a shipping vessel. And I honestly feel like th- I read so much on this one. I feel like we could do an entire episode on it, and it kind of reminds me of the Mary Celeste. It, on just the Ellen Austin you're talking about? Yeah. What is, what's the Mary Celeste? Is that the ship that went missing? That's the ghost ship, like the movie Ghost Ship. Oh, I wonder if it was based off of this Ellen Austin story. Oh, maybe it was. But this this one was crazy. We're just we're not going to go super deep into it. But the story is wild. 
So the Ellen Austin was sailing from London to America and it ran into like an, an unnamed ship. There was no name on the side of it. They still don't know what ship it is. So when you say ran into, they like came across. They didn't like physically run into it, did they? <laughs> yeah, they didn't like T-bone okay. it or rerun it. Okay, okay. Um, they saw it basically. And it was kind of like sailing around like really erratically. Like it didn't seem like it was on or, like a course. Mm-hmm. Like ships usually, you know, yeah. all steam ahead. It was just kind of like weirdly floating and then it would speed up and slow down and it was just very strange. So they pull up next to this ship and they kind of like attach the ships together. Mm-hmm. Um, a salvage crew from the Ellen Austin goes onto this unnamed ship. They find absolutely no people. Were there like belongings and stuff? Yeah, everything was like normal. All the cargo was there. I guess they were carrying like a huge shipment of mahogany, which was very valuable at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that was there. All the logs that showed how much of the the cargo was there. Um, the the quarters for like the captain had all of his stuff in it. The captain's log was there. There was food in the kitchen. No bodies. No blood. No signs of a struggle. It's just like there was no one there. Whoa! Like the definition of a ghost ship. Absolutely. So they put on like like a few people like 10 15 people just to man the ship and they decide that they're going to sail it to america and kind of see what's going on so they decided to put their crew part of their crew on the ship to sail kind of behind them to go back to where they were going exactly so they're kind of sailing in tandem um with the salvage crew and then the full crew in the ellen austin Mm -hmm. when a big storm rolls in the ships get separated And several days later, the Ellen Austin sort of like runs back into this unnamed ship. And again, it's steering around erratically. It's speeding up. It's slowing down. It's drifting. Totally weird. Whoa. So it's doing the same thing that they when they first ran into it. Exactly. So they do the same thing. Like when they first ran into it again, they pull up. More people go on. There's no one on the ship. No bodies. No blood, no signs of struggle, exactly like how they originally found it. Whoa, that's wild. So they put another salvage crew onto the ship. Oh, no. Who volunteered for that? I would be like, I'm not going on that shit. I know. So this other salvage crew gets onto the ship, just like the original one did. It's like repeating itself. And they both, both of the ships start sailing towards America again. The second crew kind of starts lagging behind. The the other, the ghost ship? Mm-hmm. So the the Ellen Austin is leading. The ghost ship is behind it. We're just going to call it the ghost ship. Um, and it starts to kind of like slow down and then disappears. But mm-hmm. no one on the ship was ever heard from again. No one found the ship. There were no logs of this ship supposedly being in the area. The unnamed ship, it just disappeared with no trace, and the mystery still sort of remains. Did they ever, so they never found this mystery ship ever again after this instance? Nope. They don't They don't know what the ship is. They don't know the name of the ship. They don't know anything of it. All they have is the log from the Allen Austin that says that they ran into it twice, came and across put, it twice. Put their guys on it twice. Both disappeared twice. Yep. And then that's kind of where it ends. It's like they don't know. They don't know what happened. 
And you said this was in 1818 or 1881, right? 1881, yeah. So this next one we're going to talk about has the coolest name ever. It's called the USS Cyclops. So this one is the single largest loss of life in the history of the United States Navy that's not related to combat. Wow. Whoa. Pretty wild. So in 1918, the Cyclops was carrying a full load of magnesium ore. Um, One of the engines kind of went out of action and it just sort of disappeared. It just went missing. There were over 300 people. They departed from the island of Barbados and it was never seen again. So when it left Barbados, um, like I said, one of the engines, it wasn't really working well. Okay. um, But but they sailed off anyways because Barbados is pretty close to America. So I'm sure they thought they could make it. Mm Mm-hmm. There was never a distress signal sent out. They never found a shipwreck. It just disappeared. Nobody knows what happened. It just completely disappeared. They never found any anything from the ship. No shipwreck. They didn't send out like a radio signal or shoot off any flares. I don't know if they had flares then. <laughs> the Titanic had flares, so I would say they probably did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, either they didn't have flares or they didn't shoot them off. Um, and then get this. It gets even weirder. So two of the Cyclops' sister ships, one's called the Proteus, and then the other okay. is called the, I think you pronounce this, Neros, maybe? Okay. So they were also lost in the North Atlantic during World War II. They were also carrying huge loads of this metallic ore, mm-hmm. like the Cyclops was, and they disappeared. Interesting. They were both carrying this metallic ore, and they disappeared just like the cyclops exactly three ships all carrying this metallic manganese ore completely disappeared in the that sounds a little fishy to me the one factor in all of those ships disappearing is that metallic ore right so i don't know that's quite the coincidence i mean there's Mm -hmm. a theory that maybe they overloaded the ships and they ended up sinking because there was too much weight whoa that would make sense but why would they do that three times you know i mean they know how much a ship can handle i would assume why would they load up three separate ships with too much right and then they all sort of disappear but they never found shipwrecks from any of these ships so it kind of sounds to me like they this ship might have actually just sunk, you know, because of the metallic ore. Maybe it was too heavy, but they don't know. And there's actually a quote mm-hmm. from President Woodrow Wilson, which I thought was sort of neat. He says, only God in the sea knows what happened to those great ships. Well, it's like he knows something. <laughs> just kidding. Conspiracy theory. Never trust a Woodrow. That's what I always say. <laughs> That's what you say. <laughs> I've never heard you say that. I've been known to say it. Okay. So let's talk about some flights here. Um, Flight 19 was the first recorded flight that sort of had like a run-in, if you will, with the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. Flight 19 was a training flight of five of these Avenger torpedo bomber airplanes. They were owned by the U.S. military. They would go out and kind of like do flights like around the ocean to kind of train, I guess. And this squadron's, this Mm -hmm. was in 1945. This squadron's flight plan was scheduled to take them due east from Fort Lauderdale and sort of like, like I said, fly around the ocean in like a really specific pattern and do like some training drills. They never returned. Um, was this a, a drill that they had done before? Or was this a completely new 
path that they were going to take. No, this was like routine. This These squadrons would fly out together. They did this training sort of all the time. Um, they'd fly out. Oh. I had the original flight plan, but it was a lot of things that I didn't really understand. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. So they would run these drills sort of all the time. Just a total routine thing. There were five of these planes, and they just they never returned to base. All five of All them? five of them. And then it gets weirder. So one of the search and rescue aircrafts deployed to look for them. It's called a PBM Mariner. Mm-hmm. This this flight had a 13-man crew, also disappeared, took off, never came back. Wait, sorry. So the the search and rescue crew took the same path to find them, and they also just never came back. They also disappeared. There was no inclement weather. There were no storms. There was a tanker ship off of the coast of Florida that reported seeing an explosion, but that's kind of it, and that's unsubstantiated. Did they ever find any wreckage or anything? By the time they were going to send out another search and rescue flight, the storm, like a storm kind of started, and they just kind of gave up. The U.S. military was like, you know what? We're going to chalk it up at a loss. We're going to move on. And they never, like, they closed the file, never brought it up again. Wow. Well, that's kind of weird that they just closed the file and they were like, well, looks like they disappeared. We don't know why. Bye. A lot of these instances are kind of like that. It's like they start searching and then they just sort of don't care anymore. So I don't know if, look, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist here and say that the government has a lot of secrets that they're not telling us. (laughs) Well, they do, so... I firmly believe that the government has a lot of secrets (laughs) that they're not telling us. So I don't know. Maybe they knew something. We don't know. But they just they truly abandoned the search. Okay. Hmm. There's there's tons of stories about this. We're just going to talk about a couple more that I thought were really interesting. Um, Another one was in 1948. It's an airplane. um, It left from Puerto Rico. It was going to Miami. So that's a super quick Mm -hmm. flight. There were 32 people on board disappeared took off never landed oh yeah and get this so it says the civil aeronautics board investigation found that there was an insignificant information available to determine the probable cause of disappearance they closed the file and they moved on what so was this a like a commercial flight of just past like people trying to get from puerto rico to miami yep it was just like a smaller like a smaller airplane okay sort of so it had 32 passengers and then the flight crew and took off, never landed. And they were... And kind of seems like nobody cared. They, yeah, they were just like this. We can't really d- say what happened here. So we're just going to call it quits. Yeah. And that's something that came up over and over and over again when wow. I was looking at these disappearances. Yeah. It's like... They just truly gave up. And I don't know if it's because it was a long time ago. And, well, 1948, that wasn't super long ago. Yeah. Did they not have the technology? Like, did they yeah. not have the time? I don't know. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, imagine all of the families of those people and they just, they'll just never know what happened because they just closed the investigation. And I think that that probably happens a lot, though. Wasn't that, how long ago was that mini- Malaysian Malay- flight? That's what I was going to bring Um I don't know. I want to say like three or four years. They they fa- they figured out what happened to it, though. It did crash, didn't they? Yeah, I think they found parts of it like washed up in like Australia or something. Yeah, I, wrong. I think that they determined that it was the pilot who committed suicide, right? Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. That's I mean, that's what I heard that um, he committed suicide and like 
uh, flew the plane straight down into the ocean. Wow. That's terrible. I mean, a lot of the time, the cause, the cause of plane crashes aren't, it's not like a mechanical thing. It's literally the pilot. Well, we're going to talk about two more, another boat and then another airplane. And then we're going to move on because there's just endless amounts of stories of disappearances and it would take forever to go through all of them. Sounds good. The Connemara 4 was a pleasure yacht that was found adrift in the Atlantic Ocean south of Bermuda in 1955. So what I read, it said it was stated that the crew vanished while the yacht itself survived three hurricanes. It got hit by three hurricanes and then it was found just drifting through the Atlantic Ocean. No one was on board. But the weird part is that the ship itself, it wasn't damaged in any way. It's just there were no people on it. So it was the ship was completely fine. Just everyone on it was gone. Yeah. And granted, it went through three hurricanes, but I was sort of reading like what to do during a hurricane. And it sounds like they did everything right. Okay. So they had these two massive anchors, like really, really big ones Mm -hmm. and really strong ropes. And they were thrown overboard while the yacht was dragging them while it was drifting like it made no difference. Like, the the anchors weren't holding it in place the way that they should have been. So, maybe it was hurricanes. This is another one where, I mean, it could be attributed just to science Mm -hmm. or... I don't know, but it seems weird that the yacht wasn't damaged in these hurricanes, but there were no people. Yeah, and I will say that I think that a lot of these stories, obviously, shit happens when you fly a plane and when you're in the ocean. Like, it's unpredictable, but the fact that it's all happening somewhat in the same area is interesting yeah absolutely it seems like there's like a real culmination of these really just unfortunate events happening in this area which is why there's so much lore about the Mermuda triangle Mm -hmm. okay so the last one we're going to talk about um is it's more airplanes one is called the tiger ship the other is called the star ariel okay super badass names I know, so cool. The Tiger Ship. It's definitely owned by Joe Exotic. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> For sure. So the the Tiger Ship was a commercial airplane operated by the British South American Airways. It disappeared in January of 1948 on the flight to Bermuda. The other one, the Star Ariel, was another British South American Airways commercial flight. It disappeared a year later in January 1949 on the way from Bermuda to Jamaica. So both have the connection of either going to Bermuda or coming back from Bermuda. Exactly. It kind of seems like they were in basically the same area. But the Mm -hmm. weird part is that both of the airplane's radios cut out over the Bermuda Triangle, and then the planes just totally disappeared. So when you say cut out, um, they were gone in like radar, or their radios just were complete like no communication could be sent to the planes no communication i don't know if they showed up on radar at all i didn't see anything about that but there was no there was open communication between both planes and like the what do you call the people in the tower air traffic control yes yeah yeah so there was totally open communication um which is my understanding that there always is that they're always kind of chatting back and forth right yeah um it just totally went dead. Radio silence over this Bermuda Triangle situation. And then the planes just disappeared. And they never found wreckage. They never really found anything. That seems to happen a lot with planes over this area. 
I know. I feel like I need to just stop saying it. But <laughs> to me, what was weird is this happened a year apart from each other. Yeah, almost exactly. One was in one was January 30th. The other was January 17th. So right. almost exactly the same, the same day, just a year earlier. Yeah, sort of wild. I found one more thing, but it was just kind of like a brief thing that I wanted to bring up, which I thought was sort of fun. You know the Shakespeare play, The Tempest? Um, I can't say that I know it, no. <laughs> okay, well, it's it's like, it's about a shipwreck. Um, and there's just some speculation out there that they believe that it was based on a real-life shipwreck in Bermuda that, like, just the lore carried over, and it was kind of, like, known worldwide. So William Shakespeare wrote about it. Oh, interesting. So... Let's go over some speculation. Okay, so I want to get into sort of what could have caused all of these incidences to happen. Um, The Triangle's supposed lethalness had been blamed on everything from aliens to, get this, Atlantis. I love Atlantis, and I actually want to do an episode on that. I think we should. There's a lot going on there. Um, There's also saying that, like, sea monsters and time warps reverse gravity fields. And then there's also more scientific-minded theories that point to, like, magnets or weird water spouts or, this one was sort of weird to me, um, eruptions of methane gas from the ocean floor. How would that cause planes to crash, though? Well, I'll get into it here. We're going to do sort of like a science versus mystery thing, and then I want to know what you think when we're done. Okay. So we'll start with science. So there's methane deposits. Um. There's a lot of theories that ships and planes were destroyed by large pockets of flammable methane gas that gets kind of burped out of the ocean floor almost. So it's like there's large deposits, large like chambers under the ocean floor full of methane and then it like a little fissure will open up and it sort of literally burps this gas up into like the surface. It's it's like the earth is farting basically is what you're saying. <laughs> You know what? Everyone farts, Nicole. Okay. It's just a fact of life here. Hey, I'm just, that's what you described. So I'm just (laughs) saying what everyone's thinking at this point. So this theory goes, has to go along with some pretty specific stuff. They say maybe when one of these burps happen, lightning comes along and sparks, like the electrical spark ignites the bubble of methane, causing whatever is around it to explode. I'm sorry. So. Their theory is that the Earth has to fart at the exact same time that <laughs> lightning strikes from the sky, and that's what creates ships and planes to just vanish. Yeah, this was like the number one like scientific theory of what could have happened. Um, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Pretty specific, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so... Another theory is that there's a lot of tropical storms. I mean, it is called Hurricane Alley. Yeah. There's going to be some storms. Actually, the a majority of the tropical storms and hurricanes pass through the Bermuda Triangle, but they usually know days in advance when it's coming. So you're saying majority of um, storms and stuff that happen in that area, they always usually pass through the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that's why it's called Hurricane Alley. It's sort of like a chute almost between like oh, okay. America and then the little Bermuda Islands. Mm-hmm. So it passes gotcha. like right through there. Okay. So there's a lot of, I mean, and I'm sure a lot of it can be attributed to that. Just, you know, bad luck and bad storms and 
right just kind of wrong place wrong time situation this one seems pretty realistic and also the golf stream is right there and i guess that that can kind of create like really sudden violent changes in weather oh yeah like um currents and stuff yeah yeah and there's water spouts in the area too which i guess are sort of like almost tornadoes but like on the ocean Hmm. yeah which is pretty cool you should look up videos of that this third explanation i don't know if i believe it it has to do with magnets, and I don't trust magnets. <laughs> the, the third reason is magnets you're trying to tell me right now? Yeah. So this one, to me, kind of like bridges the line between science and mystery. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. the Bermuda Triangle is basically the only place on the planet where magnetic north sometimes points to true north, and then they don't really know why. Like, you, okay. you know what magnetic north is versus true north, right? No, I don't. That's what that was going to be my question to you. Okay. So there's this super like there's this giant magnet. And when you have a compass, like a real compass with like the little twisty thing in there. Yeah. It's governed by this giant magnetic force that's under the ground and okay. it pulls it there. So it's called magnetic north. And then there's true north, which is just the top of the planet, basically. Wait. So when I'm looking at a compass, it's not the magnetic north isn't showing me true north of the planet? No, that's the the North Pole, you know? That's what the magnet is. I told you, I don't trust magnets, man. (laughs) So there's the top of the planet, which, okay, if you want to call the geographic North Pole, we can do that. But then there's the magnetic North Pole, which is south into like the Arctic Ocean. And it's kind of like off to the side so it's not centered at the very top of the planet it's off to the side a little bit so it's like a northwest type of situation that's kind of what it seems like i'm not a magnet expert but i mean the main point of this is that the if you have like a compass and you're in the bermuda triangle sometimes it'll point magnetic north sometimes it'll point true north and they're different and when you're out in the open ocean you kind of need to follow the same path that you're going on Right. Yeah. And I've actually heard that's one of the things that I've well in all of the movies and specials and stuff that I've seen on the Bermuda Triangle. It's that uh, people like captains on ships and um, pilots and airplanes is that they'll get confused as to where they're going because the compass will just like spin around and it won't point them in any direction. It's definitely not as dramatic as the compass needle spinning around. Yeah, I think that's that maybe just like a movie (laughs) thing, but I know that that's like partially why they get lost and could potentially be why they crash and you never find them yeah that's sort of what it seems like and i just think that that's sort of wild that it sometimes it points one way sometimes it points the other way and they don't really have an explanation for it yeah should we talk about the more exciting stuff like the otherworldly explanations absolutely okay so obviously we're in the ocean obviously people are gonna blame sea monsters I mean, I saw stuff from like the Kraken to these giant squids that the Vikings were just totally terrified of. Um, Yeah. You know what Megalodon is? Yeah, it's a giant shark. Yeah. They say that it eats boats. Like prehistoric. Yeah. Um, There's also this tale of like a giant sea worm, which I just keep picturing the worm from um, Beetlejuice. (gasps) Yes. Yes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so they say this giant worm comes out of the ocean and just totally like eats people, eats ships, makes things disappear, basically. 
Creepy. I was, when you said uh, sea monsters, the first thing I thought was like the Kraken, like a giant squid or octopus or something, like just taking these ships down. There's a there's a lot of stories of that, that people honestly think the Kraken is real and the seafloor opens up and the Kraken comes out and it, it wants to kill you and your family. So you would say that it releases the Kraken? <laughs> release the kraken (laughs) yeah i don't know if i believe in the kraken i want to believe but i don't know i just love saying the word kraken it's a pretty great word kraken (laughs) it's good to whisper in the dead of night kraken (laughs) so another thing people are saying is that atlantis used to actually exist obviously it did um but it was in the bermuda triangle is one of the theories and that Basically, it just got swallowed by the sea. Whoa. So how does that relate to the disappearances, though? Well, they think that maybe there's like this weird mystical vortex that exists deep in the ocean in this area. And it just one day sort of started swirling and sucked Atlantis up, sucked it right down to the seafloor. And I mean, it just kind of chooses like, yeah, we'll let this plane pass. We'll let this ship pass. Maybe we'll let Bermuda exist for a while longer, but otherwise, sometimes it just kind of grabs you, pulls you down, and you're gone. Ooh, I, I kind of like that theory. I think that's my favorite so far. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. I saw a lot of pictures of like weird like holes in the ocean. I mean, they're fake. They're just yeah. renderings. Um, but like holes in the ocean with like, I don't know, it looked like a waterfall almost and ships sailing off the edge of it. I sort of love that. Um, another theory is aliens. So this one is sort of fun. During World War II, that's how I always start sentences. During World War II, it was sort of fun, but. (laughs) I don't know if I would classify World War II as fun. Well, well, this part's fun. Um, So some submarines that obviously were under the water, they said that they saw unexplainable underwater crafts, sort of like things that they've never, ever seen before that kind of don't make sense being under there. Yeah. So during this time, a lot of submarines were patrolling the coasts and like around the Caribbean and stuff. And they would Mm -hmm. see pop up on radar, like, and then be gone in a second. So they would see um, like torpedo shaped things like going super fast through the, the water and then it would disappear or kind of blips on the radar that they were just never able to explain. But a lot of this is in Navy reports. Which I think is sort of fun. So it's logged and reported. Yes. That this was a scene. Yeah. But okay. unexplainable. So not only are aliens flying through our skies, but they're flying through our oceans as well. <laughs> yeah. I saw a lot of stuff that said that aliens were thought to kind of, this sounds so ridiculous. Aliens were thought to travel under the water so people wouldn't see them above the water like during the daytime. Which I guess makes sense mm-hmm. if you don't want to be seen. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Makes sense, I guess. And get this, Christopher Columbus, of whom I am sure you are familiar. Um, right. Well, he was sailing through the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> in 1442, and he saw aliens. Did he, like, diary about this? Yeah, so I have a quote from his captain's log. Let me read this here. Oh. This is October 1442. Christopher Columbus, Captain Log, um, refers to a strange floating light that him and his crew had seen. And he quotes, 
The admiral again perceived it once or twice, appearing like the light of a wax candle moving up and down, which, thum which some thought was an indication of land, but the admiral held for a certain that there was no land near. Whoa. So they were, they just saw like a floating orb above the water when they were sailing through the ocean. Yeah. So there were like a bunch of like little lights and stuff. And I think it's sort of interesting that they're saying like it was a candle because that's obviously, it's the 1400s, not with lights. Um, so they right. describe it as like these lights kind of like bobbing up and down almost like in mm -hmm. the sky. And then, well, yeah, that's sort of it. See, the fact that that was so long ago and that means that there's way less, way like less of other things that you can use to debunk it. Like you can't say, oh, well, this was like a car or a flashlight because that didn't exist, you know? Right. There were no lighthouses in 1442. And yeah. So it, it almost seems as if it, it has to be real because no, who else would be out there doing that? Like, you can't debunk it and say it was anything else. Right. There, and there's actually, like, a lot of reports of little floating lights in the sky or sometimes pilots will say that they see quick bursts of, like, a blinding white light and then it just kind of fades away. So they're, like, temporarily blinded or they see, like, all these little kind of twinkling lights that don't really belong there and it's mm -hmm. in like the air around the Bermuda Triangle. Wow. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about is time warps and reverse gravity fields. So it was sort of hard to find a lot of information on this, but a lot of it was firsthand accounts from pilots. So I feel like I trust it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these pilots say that when they're flying over this area, they feel like time stops or slows down. And then it speeds up, but like fast forward to like catch up with real time again. And they say that they, they feel really confused when it's happening. And it's almost like they're existing outside of this time warp, but they're trapped in the middle of it. So time around them is traveling at a different speed than they can understand almost. Uh -huh. So I thought that that was super fun. Um, and then Yeah, that's crazy. There's another urban legend that says that sometimes gravity will reverse itself. So obviously gravity pulls us down towards the earth. Well, sometimes, right. I guess, in the Bermuda Triangle, gravity pushes upwards. So it'll oh. send like a, a ship that's floating on the, the surface of the ocean just shooting oh. up into the air. Or if there's an airplane, um, maybe that shoots up higher. And then gravity rights itself and everything gets dragged straight down to the ocean. That would make sense why ever you can't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a reversal in gravity would make total sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> now that i'm saying it and and i'm hearing you repeat it to me yeah no okay i mean kind of though i guess if you know your ship is traveling and obeying the laws of gravity which we all depend on and then right. all of a sudden gravity reverses your ship gets shot up into the sky and then hurled down towards the ocean there's probably yeah, not going to be much of that ship left right but i guess you have to believe in reverse gravity in the first place i don't know if i if I believe that here, that it happens on Earth. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that either. But, I mean, whatever you think, there's tons of mysteries and honestly not a lot of facts regarding the Bermuda Triangle, which... Yeah. It's all speculation. It's all lore. Yeah, well, and, uh, like, firsthand accounts, like, of people just finding ghost ships and never coming back, so... So, I mean, a lot of people die, a lot of unanswered questions. It's just, I'd say... 
maybe just stay out of Florida. When you were a little kid, you were right, man. Forget Florida. <laughs> we're not going there anymore. Well, I mean, Florida has its good its good parts. I mean, there's Disney World. There's Universal Studios, Harry Potter World. Mm, I mean. Okay, name one thing not owned by Disney that Florida is worth keeping. <laughs> hmm. mm. Their beaches are pretty, pretty legit. They're okay. <laughs> I re- just stay away from miami let's we'll just say that oh yeah just stay away from Miami. yeah yeah just stay out of the bermuda triangle and you'll probably be fine the devil's triangle if you will the I'm, devil's triangle i'm only referring to it as the devil's triangle from now on so what do you think um do you think it can kind of be explained away by science or do you think a lot of this is mystery so i would say i have two theories i do believe that I mean, you said this was in Hurricane Alley. There are a lot of storms, um, all that. I think that that definitely is part of the reason why chips and planes and stuff go missing. But I also would like to believe that it's aliens. I don't know if that's like where there's like a hotspot. Maybe they have like a hub down in the ocean down there. Maybe. I don't know. I just like to think it's aliens, though, also. I like that theory. I mean, it kind of makes sense if all of these vessels are still survived and sort of untouched, but the people are missing. Maybe they were all abducted. Very true. Yeah. Very true. I don't know. Well, that's all I have on the Bermuda Triangle. Um, Do you have anything to add? No, I think that's really cool. I think that's a nice cap to our um, triangle two-parter. Yeah. Tune in next week for when we talk about rectangles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we're not. Doing, we're not doing that. This is a shapes podcast now, so tune in for your favorite shape. Oh man, no! But actually, um, next week we will be talking about the family of Uvid. Oh, that sounds cool! I can't wait. Yeah, it's interesting. So we've been kind of going the paranormal route recently, so I want to bring it back to. Um, kind of reality so i mean it's still unusual but it doesn't really have to do with ghosts so it's different for us okay so as always um you can find all the source material for this podcast in the description and then it'll be on our website you can listen to next week's podcast on this mystery family on mondays Mm -hmm. new episodes come out mondays where can you find us you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter under the handle Quite Unusual Pod. Yes, and you can send us listener mail, which we super appreciate and we absolutely love to quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Yeah, send us your ghost stories, your urban legend, basically anything that is weird that has happened to you or that you've heard of just send it to us yeah or if you have any bermuda triangle stories i would love to hear them same (laughs) thanks everyone um if you can help us out rate review subscribe to our podcast that really helps us out we love reading your reviews it's it helps us produce better content yeah and i guess uh celebrate the strange oh and keep it unusual bye bye